Welcome to the Confident in Christ podcast, a ministry of the First Baptist Church of Valley Springs, Arkansas. This month's topic that we're discussing around the table is the topic of forgiveness. In the first episode of the month, we primarily dealt with the idea of God's forgiveness of us, the divine forgiveness that he makes available through the blood of Jesus. In this episode, we're looking at how forgiveness should impact our relationships with others. So we're going to jump right into that discussion with some scriptures about forgiveness. So I'll read this verse out of Matthew 6, and it's in verse 14. And this is the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus is laying out what life in the kingdom is like. This is the God's kingdom ethic, if you will. And right in the center of it, he says this, Matthew 6, 14. For if you forgive others for their transgressions, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. That's pretty straightforward. That's Jesus saying that you are to be a forgiving people if you want to be forgiven. That maybe throws also a little bit of a monkey wrench in some of our theology. It's, it's tough. But to me, clearly, he's saying that a forgiven person is also a person who forgives. So what do you think? What happens if we aren't a forgiving type person? What happens if we are not going to forgive someone? Can we claim to be a Christian? That's a tough verse. What do you all think? What are some of your thoughts about it? Well, when you said it just now, what comes to my mind is that he's talking to those belonging to Christ already. So those those are the Christians. Those are the ones who have been saved. Those are belonging to Christ and that we're going to be a forgiving people. So I don't know that that kind of changes it for me as far as he's not talking to those who don't believe. He's not talking to those who haven't had salvation. He's talking to those who believe. And if he is talking to those that believe, I think we, I think we must forgive. I mean, that's what God did for us. So I think... In becoming like Christ. In become, right. In be, yes. In becoming Christ-like, we have to forgive. So I think we do have to forgive. Now, I'm not saying everybody's going to accept it, but we, we have to forgive. I mean, we have to try to forgive and let go of the, whatever, you know, the resentment and the... Here's an interesting thing. I'm going to read that again, and I want you to hear the order of this verse. If you forgive others of their transgressions, and you could almost put in parentheses then, if you forgive others their transgressions, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. It doesn't say, if your heavenly Father forgives you, then you should forgive others their transgressions. That's interesting. Yeah, That's interesting. Think about this. Could that be that part of that is, you know, before you come and get saved of your sins you really there needs to be a repentance and a change of heart in the way that you're dealing with others so actually it's almost like he said this is a part of the repentance process it could be listen to what he says in verse 15 but if you do not forgive others then your father will not forgive your transgressions so it's almost like to me forgiveness in our hearts having a willingness to forgive others is almost prerequisite that's come first yeah is that possible could, could could we lump that would you say that's a workspace or could I lump that in with acknowledging my sin turning from it repenting of sin is that possible yeah I I think you know there's a heart change that goes on whenever and you start becoming more aware of like it's like a conviction thing you know that he just points that out like hey you, should, you know probably shouldn't have talked to that person that way just as an example you know in my life 
um, that's just part of him making you more like him is you see these things in your life that just need to be purged. I think that's one of them is just, and you have to recognize that. And I don't think it's a work. Um, I just think it's an awareness and you have to be aware of that. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, yes. This may be a rabbit hole that I go down. I'm just going to tell you up front. But it reminds me when you talk about with your heart, you know, where they're asking about divorce and, and they're talking about why did why did Moses grant, say that it was okay to have divorces? And it says Moses permitted you to divorce your wives because your hearts were hard. But it was, I mean, not that that's the ideal way. That's not they wanted to, but like you were saying, I mean, it was something in their hearts. I'm not following your divorce hardness of heart thought. I, well, argument help help me uh, understand where you're coming from <laughs> okay <laughs> i so, guess i'm just thinking about what we have talked about earlier as far as you know is is do we have to forgive others in order to be saved and i mean yes the bible says we have to forgive others but i just think of with the hardness of the hearts that you know moses acknowledged which that's old testament but he acknowledged that we have a hardness of hearts like like that's why he said he permitted divorce even though jesus is saying that's not the way it should be he came it's you know and and he says no uh you know that's that's not the way it's supposed to be uh i guess it's just me having a difficult time understanding or believing that from the get-go from salvation that we are already supposed to forgive everybody else of everything they've already done to us when we acknowledge that christ is our lord yeah, so I would say that there's a fundamental difference between the Old Covenant and the New Covenant, yes. especially in our hearts, that there is a new heart given to us. Now, there has to be teaching and about how to walk that out and what it looks like. So I think there's a, yes, a, a progression. And yet, Jesus calls us to himself and says, obey me, follow me. And part of that teaching, I mean, it's you, you lead right into in a perfect way in the Matthew chapter 18 where Jesus is teaching forgiveness and in Matthew 18 Peter came to him and said Lord how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him up to seven times and Jesus says I do not say to you up to seven times but 70 times seven and then he goes into that parable of the servant who was forgiven this great debt and yet is harsh with others and, and doesn't forgive and and Jesus sends that parable with that unforgiving servant is is imprisoned. Is that it's that forgiveness that was offered to him is basically pulled back. It was offered, but he didn't accept it. This is how I would see it. And he says this, Matthew 18:35. My heavenly Father will also do the same to you if each of you does not forgive his brother from your heart. So I think one thing is we see Jesus teaching this to people who are struggling with forgiveness. Peter is obviously he's probably got some people. He's mad at, and he's like, oh my gosh, am, am I supposed to keep forgiving this person? How many times, Jesus? And we're going to get into that, about some of the limits and boundaries in a later, a later episode in the month, but we have to grapple with this. This is one of the hardest passages about forgiveness and salvation. As I said, that really throws a monkey wrench in our theology, I think. To me, what's clear from it is when he says, if each of you does not forgive from his heart, his brother, then you have no part of forgiveness. So the question becomes, is salvation conditional? So in other words, does God offer it? He says, you got it, but you better not mess it up. Does it teach that? I, I can't go down that road because I think the Bible goes against that. 
most theologians, and this is where I would land them, would say that what it's teaching is that you never embraced forgiveness in the first place. If you are a person who continually walks in unforgiveness to others, it seems to me Jesus is saying, then you never experience the forgiveness of the Father. You, and probably because you've never come to grips with the depths of your debt, the debt that you owe to God. You got to do something with that. Either salvation is conditional upon forgiveness, which I think is unlikely, or it's the fact that the natural outflow of coming to grips and being saved and being forgiven this massive, unpayable debt is that, man, we become people that just, we want to forgive others. But I don't think it's always that clean and easy. And I guess my question there would be, does that forgiveness have to be immediate? You know, something, you're wrong severely in some way. Um, spouse dies in a car wreck by a drunk driver. Do you immediately forgive them? I mean, you have that grieving process of getting through that. Well, what if you die before you come to terms with that forgiveness? You know, it's like, well, what happens then? And I think as long as I'm here on earth, I will not walk in perfect love. I will strive to be better, and I will strive to to walk more in love each and every day. But I, I can't do it. Yeah, no. <laughs> I, I, I'm not going to be perfect. I'm not going to show perfect love. Well, in, in forgiveness, you know, it was kind of like it never happened. But we still have memories. We still recall. You know, uh, God God says, I cancel your debt. But in our case, you know, we have we have memory. We recall it. We, we know what was wrong. Are we able to, does just remembering it, does that represent a, a lack of forgiveness? I don't think so. I think, I think you, you're going to remember the things that have happened in your life that were wrong. I guess the, the title tale of forgiveness would be how much resentment, how much anger, how much visceral reaction do you have against that person who maybe did something really, really egregious? Is that still engendering in you the, you know, that real emotional, <laughs> you know, are you able to let that go? Or you can say, or do you remember it as, yeah, you know, it happened and hopefully I know I learned some lessons, and I hope that person also is a different person today than what happened then. I, whatever whatever came of that, I, I'm letting that go. I'm not carrying that stuff around. You know, are you able to have a healthy recall of events, or are you are you still driven? If you're if you're packing a lot of that old news around, you know, from growing up and all the wrongs that were visited upon you between parents and family and teachers and schools and jobs and you know are you are you that kind of person and then you go to church on sunday are you are you really are you really saved you know that's a that's a that's a measuring stick to really question there is this book i read called the sunflower it's a book from uh, world war ii about a jewish man a jewish prisoner this german soldier that was on his deathbed asked for a jewish uh, prisoner it didn't matter who it was or anybody it was. He just wanted one so he could ask for forgiveness before he died. And the book's literally, I think, 70 pages. Really short book. But I'd say about 30 of it's only the actual story. And the 40, 40 more pages is just about people's responses about it. 
and there was several there's a couple pastors in there that did write something about it and it's something that went along the lines of we will always have stuff done wrong to us but it's about god's heart that we have to have in us to be able to forgive no matter what it is or how bad that they hurt us and at the end of the story he doesn't even know what to do because he just i mean he's taken aback by it because it's one of those situations where i mean it's one of the worst things that can ever happen in your life that you'll that those those people will never forget what happened y'all bring up some great points corey tinbo you know her story of one of the most godly christian uh, authors and, and people of the uh, previous century same similar story and her struggle with forgiveness so i think it's like what russell said you know it can be a struggle it can be a temptation not to and i think that's one of the big marks of the christian is that rather than giving ourselves wholesale over to sin that we struggle against and we fight against temptation to follow christ and and i i think that we'll fail in that but to expect that our life is marked by no obedience to christ's commands is and again i would just say it goes against what jesus is teaching here so certainly and, and probably the reason we need to have this podcast all month and is because every one of us are going to struggle all the time with anger, uh, bitterness, resentment, tempers that fly off. Like I said, even in a text message occurred this morning. See, <laughs> I was uh, like, unrighteous. Yeah, yeah, unrighteous. Yeah, <laughs> mine might have been righteous indignation. I don't know, and, and, and it wasn't. But uh, but again, it's 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 something that we all continue to have to to do, and that's what Peter knows. He's like, how many times, Lord? And Jesus throws out this crazy. You know, he doesn't give a bunch of rules. He said 70 times 7. I think it's to say it's without limits. And then to say, but then this looks quite different than what the world, how they operate. Why do you, why do you think God wants us to forgive? What, what's the good of it? I think it's beautiful because I think that it's because of his love for us. Because I think that if, if we don't forgive, he knows it, it affects us. I mean, it affects other people in our walking too, but... But the peace and the joy that he knows that we'll have with forgiveness that we won't have and and how the spirit will live through us and how we'll be able to do more of his will here on earth i just think it's a beautiful testament of his love for us so it's like the gospel replicated in us right it's hard to have it's like your sermon this morning a little bit on happiness and pursuing happiness happiness is is really a byproduct of of pursuing a Christian walk. And that pursuit is at least a significant part about being able to let go of wrongs and bitterness that comes with life. Because we we all get bumped and bruised intentionally and unintentionally by others. And so I think that that whole uh, uh, forgiveness aspect of the Christian walk is what allows you to become a, a happy a person, a person with real Christian joy. And you could lead people to Christ by forgiveness. I mean, somebody wrongs you and you forgive them, and it's like, how could you forgive me for what I did to you? And then you tell them, because of Christ, that I have forgiveness. One last question I want to ask and get your opinion on. You've heard people talk about needing to forgive themselves. Is that a thing? Biblically, is that a biblical concept of us needing to forgive ourselves? What if, if you would say yes, someone give me a Bible verse, or if, if you say no, show me where that's a wrong headed thing. I, I, I know y'all have heard this. Oh, I don't know if it's yes or no, but it does remind me of love others as you love yourself. 
I never thought of it that way, actually. I'm not counting that one. Because <laughs> it doesn't say forgiveness. But love, right? Is forgiveness not love? I don't know. Well, that is wordsmithing. I do think there's something to that so that you don't <laughs> hold bitterness about poor decision-making in the past. You're able to accept Christ's forgiveness for that and realize, man, I don't need to dredge this up again. This is, I think God's forgiven me of this. That's old news. And because and, when you start dragging that stuff around, it relives old, old temptations, old bad, a bad sequence of events, a bad decision making, and it just you need to be able to put put those things behind you. And I think Christ allows you to put those things behind you through His forgiveness. And you know, you I think there's a place for that uh, in in the right scenario. Uh, but I, I do think you can take it just like anything. You can take it the wrong way, and and you can apply that incorrectly. I, I, I think Christ's forgiveness is what allows you to say, that's behind me. I'm not that person anymore. Christ, is, Christ has fixed that. I'm, I'm not that guy. Uh, I mean, I'm not that lady in your case. And, and, why, but why sh and why should we hold on to something that he's forgotten? Right. That's my take. I, I could not point to one verse that, that teaches self-forgiveness or but I can point to, I think that's what faith is. Faith is saying, I believe that I'm forgiven in Christ. And it's saying that that's my life. That's my reality. So I, I think it's ultimately important that we walk in the faith that we're forgiven in Christ. I think that's the more biblical idea that we say, you don't need to forgive yourself. You need to accept that Christ has forgiven you. That's what I think is the biblical answer. Oh, I see what you're it didn't really occur to me. So, yeah, if you say that out of context, you're saying, I have the authority to forgive myself. Well, that's not, yeah, you're kind of, you're stepping in as if you, you, were, the, you were God and you, you, you were in charge of yourself and had that capacity. And that's not right. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's inappropriate. But I well, think sometimes we ask for forgiveness, but we, but we don't release it. Like we still hold ourselves, we still feel guilty yeah. about it. But we, we've, we've prayed, we've tried to release it to God. But then it still eats it up. Yeah. Again, I, I just hear that, and I, I want to put a biblical grid over that and say, is that a thing? I think there is some realities there. Mm -hmm. I would just want to re reframe the response when people give that. Say, let's, well, you know, more biblically is to to walk in the light of Christ's forgiveness. Yeah. Back to Stacy's. Do I? I'm there Matthew 22:39 and Mark 12:31. Love others as much as you love yourself. And it's you know where it talks about what's the greatest commandment. Y'all yeah, know that. Yeah. And then and it's love your neighbor as yourself. Mark 12:31. So here's what I would say in context of forgiveness. That and tell me if I'm wrong. I would say the assumption there is behind that teaching is you need to love others. You love yourself generally. So you give yourself the benefit of the doubt. You were talking about that other. What's the fancy word you had for it? About uh, fundamental attribution. Error? Yes, I love that. <laughs> That's my new word for next week. <laughs> you give yourself the benefit of the doubt. You give others the benefit of the doubt. So yeah. So I would I wouldn't read that as a, a command to love yourself. I would read it as a command to love others like you love yourself. Which is always interesting to me because I've had several. I've seen several people in different devotions or or. or or sermons say that we are supposed to love ourselves because of that verse. And, and I'm not swayed one way or the other. I'm just like, hmm, like curious about it. 
because does it does it have the grounding that you that you do love yourself first or is that understood as humans that we're selfish and we're going to well we're going to wrap it up there this was a discussion that went on for quite a while with our team we really had a lot of fun and it was really a time of sharpening and thinking about different ways that we understand different scriptures and grappling with the bible the biblical teaching about forgiveness let me encourage you to do that and especially if you're battling with unforgiveness, let me point you to the teaching in the words of Jesus that lead us in the narrow path and in the right way, the way that reflects the kingdom of God. This is Pastor Sean Milliken. Thank you for joining us.